This is The House Call. Welcome back to The House Call Podcast. We're back, we're back. Episode 41, 41. We're here with some big, big news this week. First things first, former Seahawks running, well now former Seahawks running back, Chris Carson has retired at the age of 27 due to a neck injury. Two-time thousand-yard rusher. He's done. It's a pain to see him go, but... With Rashard Penny being there, the Seahawks will make do. With that being said, Green Bay Packers All-Pro left tackle David Bakhtari has had another knee procedure. There's no timetable for his return. It's going to be interesting to see if he's ready week one. Moving forward now, Michael Thomas from the, of the New Orleans Saints is going to start off is back from camp. Rob, what are your thoughts on Michael Thomas being back? Uh, my biggest thing is every year he he is I mean he his numbers were freaking crazy uh, up until like but his injuries are starting to accumulate now what are those injuries are they tying into the fact that he had a spat with uh, Sean Payton they had their own little thing going on where they really were um he uh, Michael Thomas tweeted they tried to damage my reputation your reputation you saved their theirs but not telling your side of the story and then. Payton responded, I guess, in a was an interview or something. No, I don't want to have a press conference conference based on social media. So they had their problems. But a couple days ago, they kind of rehashed that, saying uh, Michael Thomas put two radicals, and then Sean Payton responded on Twitter saying, "In every way, passion player, what you've done in such a short time came into the league ready. Love you, Mike." Now, the reason why I bring this up is just so happens Mike Thomas is now healthy. Does that? tie into the fact that now Sean Payton's out of the picture and now he's like, okay, I want to play again. Yeah, I was going to say, he apologized, but he apologized when they're on different teams. It's easy to repair relationships from a distance. It's all fluff or it can be all fluff and no one knows. But I mean, if you look at it this way, you think about it like in the sense of the Saints are going into a whole new era and you have Winston who's coming back. You know, everybody says you need Michael you want Michael Thomas there. Michael Thomas is number one on your list of wants who's ready and willing to at least get through the get through this season because quite frankly, outside of Michael Thomas for the Saints, what more is there? You see what you know what I mean? And and his last real healthy season, other two thousand twenty, I don't count that where he had forty receptions, four hundred and thirty eight yards. I count two thousand nineteen, he had seventeen hundred yards, one hundred and forty nine receptions. If I'm not mistaken, that's a damn record, uh, or at least close to a record. He is top five if he's healthy. Uh, he hasn't. I mean, like it's going to be a little bit shaken off the rust. I'm just curious with now the the disparity in talent because, yes. Jameis Winston's a damn good quarterback, but he's no Drew Brees. What do you think, Ethan? I mean, personally, I'm hyped for Michael Thomas to return. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see the connection between Michael Thomas and Jameis. Obviously, you can't just come back from a whole injury for playing uh, for an entire season, basically, and expect to be as good as you were when you before the injury. It just it's this just not possible. Um, though I think it'll take a few weeks to break off all the rust. I think, you know, during week maybe four or five, that's when he's going to start kicking into gear and he's going to start showing somewhat signs of what he used to be, hopefully at least. I can definitely see that. I can definitely, definitely see that. I think this just adds more dimensions to 
the Saints office were offense we're gonna see in uh, 2022 going forward and now another benefit I wanted to touch on for the Saints is I it's come out that uh, Taysom Hill's not gonna be doing the quarterback anymore he's gonna strictly be focusing on tight end so I think with him getting to channel his time and energy into one position and be learning that position to the best of his ability that just provides another tool for to help Jameis be successful Ethan what do you think man I mean, I like the idea of Taysom, uh, you know, fully going to one position. I mean, last year he was all over the place playing, what, he was three, four different positions at once. I feel like that was probably a lot of stress for him, and he couldn't quite grasp any of them. Um, I mean, it, it, it'll be, it's going to be nice to see uh, if he can actually perform well as a tight end. I don't want to see no Tim Tebow shit. So, Ellie, go ahead and... Give me your take on Michael Thomas being back and what this means for the Saints. Well, um, I think it's interesting because a lot of NFL players tend to pretend like they don't see anything on social media or TV, that all of it is just white noise, and I'm just focused on working with my team. But I know for a fact that's not true. A lot of the guys at least pick up something. And there's been a lot of talk on social media about Michael Thomas just being slant boy or whatever and not being a real receiver. And a lot of it's kind of crap, honestly. But I think he picks up on that, and he's got a lot to prove, at least to himself. He's got that chip on his shoulder. Um, so I would not be surprised if he comes out and has a really good showing for the Saints because I think he's going to walk into a wide receiver one position. Oh, most definitely. It's like I said, when you look at that Saints roster, it's outside of Michael Thomas at, in the wide receiver room. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's really not much, you know? Well, they got Chris Olave at Ohio State, but that's like – I mean, you could – Nikhil Harry came out of college. You don't know what, you, what you're what you going to get. Everything's un, unproven until proven. Uh, yep. my, my my biggest thing is this. I What I'm impressed with is in the last, what, two years, I haven't heard much coming out of Michael Thomas' mouth. It, I mean, initially when – a couple years ago, it was like every – he was in the paper a lot, a lot of, on social media a lot. And I think he's matured, at least from what I'm seeing so far. The fact is that – it wasn't Sean Payton that that buried the hatchet. It was Michael Thomas. And honestly, props to you, dude. That's awesome. Very much so. I really like that Michael Thomas has seemed to have matured. You know, it, if he didn't, it, it really would have put a sour taste in my mouth. But with that being said, let's move forward. So it looks like around 2.14 per Adam Schefter yesterday, it came out that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan sat down with Jimmy Garoppolo, the three guys talked, and after Shanahan came out and told the reporters that it's official, we've moved on to Trey. So Trey Lance is now your starter for the San Francisco 49ers. Elliot, your thoughts on Trey Lance now being the guy in San Francisco? This is actually surprising to me. I mean, I always anticipated really? Trey Lance would... Okay, all right. Come on. <laughs> let, me, let me say my take before you just go to the Jimmy G jokes. Jesus Christ. Um, I I anticipated that tr eventually Trey Lance would be the guy, but I did not think they were going to tell him officially you're the starter, or I guess they told Jimmy G he's the starter, but I, I Jimmy G that Trey Lance is the starter. I, I anticipated that there would be some kind of quarterback competition, or at least like the illusion of a quarterback competition like we had with Cam Newton and Mac Jones right up until the start of the season, where like they're going through the preseason games and nobody like on the outside is really sure who's going for the starting job, and they still have that like if Jimmy G becomes a lot better, somehow Trey Lance isn't like, you still have that avenue where you can put Jimmy G in the starting role. 
Um, so yeah, I am a little bit surprised about this, but we, with our limited like perception of how much we've seen Trey Lance go, it, they must have a lot of confidence in them to cut an experienced pro like Jimmy G, like completely off to just say, you're not going to be the starter. But I mean, it's like, when you look at it from the inverse though, my personal thought process is when you look at what we've seen out of Jimmy G at his age, at his point in this career, is there any true room? Like, does it feasibly make sense that he's going to take some drastic leap and be this like world beater of a quarterback? Like, that's or true. Is it a situation of you, we know what we have in Jimmy G. It's time to go with Trey Lance and develop and push him forward and push him into something potentially better. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I'm also probably speaking from a position as of someone not on the Niners coaching staff. Um, so, the conversation I just had is probably a lot more uh, prevalent last year when they, it was his first year, but now that he has a whole year under his belt of practices that we don't get to see, um, uh, it makes sense that they'd be a lot more confident in their decision. So, yeah. Most definitely. I don't know. I've just been hearing conflicting reports about whether or not they have faith in Trey Lance and they don't. There's locker diversion, locker room diver- uh, diversion, whatever. And I just like... I get it. Jimmy G is probably uh, not the answer, but I think I, with how raw Trey Lance is supposedly rumored to be, I, I think that it's it may be too soon. Uh, I, I I may be wrong, and more power to him. But like, you got a team that's ready to compete for a Super Bowl tomorrow, then you're gonna go in with a guy that you're risking not only the chance to win a Super Bowl, you're also risking your roster because you got your your Nick Bosa's, you got your Brandon Ayuk's, you got your Debo Samuels. It's just, you're really taking a huge risk. But if Kyle Shanahan, the mastermind that he is, has that much faith, I I mean, I can't dispute that. What do you think, yeah. Ethan? I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I'm not a fan of Trey Lance whatsoever. Personally, I feel like as Elliot said, yeah, he has a whole year of practice under him now, but practice is very different from the actual game. It, it, I just, I feel like Trey Lance is still somewhat of a project, and I mean, yeah, you could go the two quarterback approach, uh, like the Saints did earlier in the season, but in my opinion, I feel like it, it still may be too soon for Trey Lance, but you'll really never know until he's actually given that opportunity in the game. But we'll, we'll find out by about the midway point of the season if he's really what he's supposed to be or not. And, and just to be clear, I'm not advocating for the two-quarterback system. I was just saying, I don't understand naming him not the starter before training camp in preseason. I would at least get through that. Because that I think the way that Belichick did it with uh, Cam and Mac made a lot of sense where there was still that competition all the way up to the start of the season. And then you're like, all right, Max, our guy. We saw what we thought we saw. I, I don't know. I, just, I don't know why they didn't do it that way. I agree, because now when you look at it from the perspective of looking at Trey Lance, now what's his, what is his true, like, motivator to be the best version of himself? You see what I'm saying? You look at the quarterback competition, you have two guys, like, pushing each other, saying, I want to be better than you. You go out and you throw throw two touchdowns, I want to go throw four. You know, what's Trey Lance's true motivator? And I think a lot of guys need that. to Not to go backward, but previously Rob's touched on Trevor Lawrence, and it seems like Trevor Lawrence has kind of lost that motivator at times. And 
Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance move, loses that motivator. Personally, I foresee a situation like this for Trey Lance. He if may I'm... have a few games this, during the season where he's great. He's lighting it up. And then the NFL is going to, the rest of the teams are going to catch up to him. And he's just going to take a spurt. It happens with all, a lot of the quarterbacks. Like it happened with Kaepernick when he was, became the starter. That year oh my was... God. I was literally going to compare this kid to Kaepernick. Uh, just because he's raw, and I know Ethan, you got a, uh, a point to make, but like, I just, like, I literally was waiting for a cut, and I see him as Kaepernick. But here's the thing, though: Kaepernick had an arm before it be- fell off, and I get Trey Lance has an arm as well. I just like, I don't know, man. You had Alex Smith, so you had a guy to challenge him, like you said, Brandon. Who on their roster? You at least had Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can. I completely agree with Elliot. Iron sharpens iron. If you have no reason to wake up and bring your lunch pail to work, there's no reason to improve. Who knows? He may go out there, get sacked, and throw seven interceptions. People lighted up Zach Wilson like he was a, uh, the hand of God. He came and played against us, uh, and he threw three interceptions and five pass attempts. Like, anything can happen. Exactly. It's, you know, it's really something of you don't know what you're going to get. So I feel like when you have and a uh, little to no experience guy as your starter you have to have those kind of fail safes and you know in case of emergency uh players in you know back, in the back pocket you know and jimmy g was the perfect person for that situation but moving forward in patriots news devon uh Godshaw has came out and signed a two-year extension ethan go ahead take us through uh- this inspection it's a two-year extension worth 20.8 million uh 17.85 is guaranteed the good thing is that it does free free up at least a little bit of cap 1.5 million it isn't a lot but it's obviously better than what we had um in last season he's mainly used as a, a run defender which is what i like a lot um a good backup to christian barmore um he was he was rated second at his position with an 82 uh pff grade for run defense i like this move a lot but do i agree with the money not a chance in hell i feel like he's maybe worth six to eight million but definitely not about 10 million a year in my opinion now now i I hate to cut you off brandon now do when you look at this though we can go and reference maybe the john smiths the nelson aglors those guys had last year was the first year in the system if not mistaken uh gosh i was First year was last year as well. Yeah. You got, yeah, you got a guy, you got guys that are gonna need to learn the playbook. Uh, they're, they're, they're making everything easier. That's why we're hearing about camp about Mac Jones going off and Devontae Parker shining and all and all those other guys just balling. Um, do you think maybe that the system that we had last year, now how we're going and uh, transitioning, that this is going to be? I get it. You may not be able to justify that contract, but maybe. Belichick is going based off past performances and thinking maybe it was just not it's not the fact that he wasn't good enough it's the fact that the system just not the schematically did not fit but what do you think Elliot yeah yeah I can see that um I I also think we've lost some pretty big defensive pieces like JC Jackson namely um so this could be just Belichick's like holding on to what he has he's not typically a guy who likes to overspend um especially on offense pieces but Sometimes he'll splurge a little bit on defense. Um, I, I think you're definitely right. I, I think bringing in 
Uh, the new coordinators has probably influenced him a little bit. I know he, he's probably going to keep maintaining that defensive coordinator role. Um, but yeah, this is a definitely pretty big bet. What really surprised me though is how much of it was guaranteed. I mean, there's only three million incentives. I agree. It, it's a situation of I like Godshaw, but I mean, he's this is a, like uh, Ethan said, a bit of an overpayment if you ask me. But I'm hoping that with this new system, as you say, Rob. This is just going to be more, better, increased production from Godshaw uh, God going forward. But um, and and the trade and the trade off is this: you extend them now, and then that just makes the money in the future less. So with us having roughly around like sixty million dollars in cap space next year, how is this going to affect that now? I, I don't know the contract stipul like in detail quite yet. I'll work. I'll look at Pat's cap and maybe do an update video on that. But it's just going to be very interesting. Now, my biggest thing is this. You have Jonu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and Godshaw. They rel they did relatively nothing last year. So any contribution this year is a plus. And we went, what? We got 10 wins or I can't remember. Why am I blanking? 11 wins. Like it, anything that they do to produce can only make this team that much better. And I just think that like, although it may look at face value, like a, a contract that you might not be into, I trust everything about Belichick when it comes to defense. 18 out of 22 years has had a top 10 defense, and I don't think that's going to change. But the one thing that I've noticed lately is the run defense that we've had as of late. Outside of Barmore, it's been like pretty like Swiss cheese. I can agree with that. So I hope, you know, looking at our interior line, you know, we've got Barmore, we've got Godshaw, we've got Lawrence Guy. I'm hoping one of the two of Godshaw or Lawrence Guy can step up and kind of be another formidable interior defensive line. Uh, defensive lineman, you know, you cannot have too many great defensive linemen. But moving forward, so it's come out Tuesday morning in his uh, co press conference before uh, the first day of training camp, Bill Belichick has really given some praise to Mac. He said, he, get, he did a great job last year. He's starting from a much, much higher point this year from where we, he started last year. If his off-season work has been significant, and I think everyone recognizes how well he prepares and how much further along he was than a year ago. He's made tremendous strides. So, Rob, first things first, what do you think about Belichick's praise of Mac and how that fits into everything? I, I think he sees what he's doing. The guy's slimmed down. He's working with Tom House. So he's not only – his throwing motion looks different. I mean, it's probably it's, – it's been rumored that he throws a lot harder. Uh, also, like, I, what I like about this kid, it seems like it's just a it's – a, it's like a – it's a lot different. He's going – he – I what I think is a great leader is the fact that he's not having them come to him. He understands that maybe some of those guys may not make the money. So he's traveling. He's been all on about all offseason going to whether it be Nelson Aguilar all the way down to the bottom of the roster will be Christian Wilkerson. He's going to them. The leadership qualities that he's he's displaying is just I, I'm, I'm excited about the future. But one of the things that happened today at Pat's camp as we're recording this, guys, uh, Jones is balling out. He's, uh, he's letting it loose. And Devontae Parker... And Kendrick Bourne are are giving insight and 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 not insight. They're giving hope to Patriots fans. I get it's a practice. I get it's nobody's really all going all out. But the fact is, Parker's uh, sporting his new number one 
has proven to maybe he might be the number one target, or at least his uh, partner in crime or or accomplice in crime. And Kendrick Bourne, who also did well today, very well. Both got a couple of touchdowns. It just gives hope to the future of this franchise. And by the way, Matt Patricia was uh, primarily calling the plays today. So that shows you maybe maybe Joe Judge is going to be running as a wide receiver coach as well as Matt Patricia is going to be. I, w- I wouldn't say offensive coordinator. I'd probably say af- offensive as- assistant. I agree. I definitely am pretty optimistic for this Patriots team. I know this season really isn't going to be a cakewalk like previous seasons have been. This season is really going to be challenge, and this is going to be – I feel like this is going to be max true through the fire season, if you will, and I think he's going to be just fine. But, Elliot, what do you think? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm really liking just the energy from Mac Jones. Um, I think he's, he's shown that he's willing to be a leader and a teammate. He's willing to put the work in. Um, he's not coming out like Trevor Lawrence and talking about how oh, I don't really care about wins and losses. I'm not really motivated by the game. That's just a stupid thing to say. I, I think Mac is like all in and everyone knows it. And Belichick knows it. His teammates know it. Um, and I really like that Devontae Parker's making headlines. I, I mean, I know as the recent addition, he's going to get some more attention, but um, I, I really think he's going to make a, a really solid wide receiver if he doesn't win the wide, wide receiver one spot either way. Perfect. Very good. Ethan? I mean, it's not surprising hearing that um, obviously Mac is doing even better in my opinion, I feel like that guy, I, I, I agree with you when it comes to the points where it's really going to be Max challenge to see how well he can really perform. Um, but personally, I think, I think he's going to step up to the challenge. Um, I mean, you obviously, you obviously seen um, that he, he, he's not, he no longer has the dad bod. <laughs> he's right. not rocking the dad bod anymore. And he just, he just overall looks like a better player. A player than what he did last season most definitely most definitely you know you can see he, the work is there it's just you know now it's time to step up to the plate and let's see what you got rob it looks like you got something to say and and when you look at the roster like i just referenced you've got johnny smith you got nelson aglar you got all these guys that we drafted for speed and this new wide receiver friendly Kyle Shanahan-esque offense and it just gives you hope that there's going to be a a big big jump I mean a lot of people will make fun of the Patriots but like look at where the position we were in the driver's seat last year if it was a couple weeks out we were competing for the division you can and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say we had a JV offense but there was nobody on there that really kind of gave you pause and thought about okay I need a I need a game plan around this guy we had a very predictable offense. You had Josh McDaniels. Look, I mean, you guys, if you watch this podcast, you know what I, how I feel about this guy. Very predictable offense. Uh, Ethan looks like he's better ready to go to sleep after I'm going on a tangent, but I'm not going to do that. He ran a predictable offense, whether it be bolted on third and 25s, and just didn't make sense. Felt like Mac Jones was on the, the, the training wheels the whole season. Uh, I like that. He's, he's calling the players on the field. He's audible and he's doing all those things. And I think that just there is no way this can't get better. And I will give the Bills fans their their flowers. You you did win the division the last two years. Got a great shot to win it this year, too. Um, so I, I think those are going to be big circles on the Patriots schedule, those two Bills games. I mean, any divisional games, really, but especially those Bills games, those are going to be real tests. 
you don't even have to win, but you just have to, it can't be a blowout like the playoff game. You have to compete. It has to be one score games. If you really want to make like a case to the fans that you're going to make a playoff run. So I think they've got a shot at it. I think they, I, I don't know. I don't know if I see them winning the division just because I think the Bills are in a great spot with how their schedule worked out and just the talent around them. It, I, I, I think they're going to be hard pressed to get even like five losses. Like I think four, 13 and four might be their floor. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how the season goes, though. I think we can definitely improve. I agree, but I feel like, honestly, looking at this, and this is just a benefit to Mac, I think out of the two sides of the ball, the defense has more pressure than the offense. And it's oh, just, absolutely. This is, I feel like it's outside of just the season, it's just the Belichick team as a whole, whole, because when you look at the history of Belichick, it's himself. He's a defensive guy. His skill is defense. You know, so you think about that. What the defense now has to go through on the, this season, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, all that, with the linebacking core being pretty much new, the pressures with the defense. So that's going to allow Mac to now take a breath and relax and not have the uh, jitters. Yeah, I, I was going to say, um, and oh, no, no, go ahead, Elliot. You, you finished the take. Okay, you're good. Um, like if this is Brady in the offense right now, I mean everyone beyond him about like why isn't the offense producing more, whatever. Max here, and we're just looking for improvement because he's a sophomore quarterback, right? And he he was had a very good rookie season skills wise, and he's showing all the right things. We're seeing all the improvements happen. So, yeah, especially the defense, they've been like the staple of the Patriots team for the longest time of just always having a high caliber defense. The offense is kind of rebounding from losing a lot. So, like I mean years ago losing a lot but yeah because he's like a young quarterback gets a lot more leeway most definitely most definitely with that being said boys it's time to get into uh mailbag so let's go ahead and get mailbag going so first things first we've got a question our question today comes from Avalis Cosms excuse me if I mispronounce uh, your Instagram handle but he says do you think Tyreek Hill really thinks Tua is the most accurate QB in the NFL? I'll go ahead first real quick here. No. But when you you look at it as a situation is he's in Miami, he's got to support his guy. How bad would it look if Tyreek came out and said Tua's terrible? He there's no he can't do. That. But Rob, your thoughts on this question? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to give too much on this. I'll let you go back to an episode where I literally went on a tangent. But as a wide receiver, I mean, look what Robbie Anderson did with Sam Darnold. He's going to have his Q- QBs back no matter what. I, I'm not going to go and tear two of them apart, Ethan. I see you side. I, I know you enjoy me doing it, but I'm going to give him a little bit of uh, hope to he makes it to the next day. Uh, I'll I'll let Ethan take it away. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily have too much to say about this. I was expecting you going a full rant about uh, Tua again. If I'm being honest, but uh, <laughs> I know how much you love Tua. Uh, but no, I mean obviously he's he's lying about it. There's no goddamn way Tua is accurate that accurate. He can't throw a ball that well. Uh, I'm taking pages out of Rob's book for saying these things. Uh, but like I, I agree with it fully. I just obviously he's gonna have his quarterbacks. <laughs> he's gonna have his quarterbacks back. 
um, the entire way. He's, he's not going to just start shit talking him uh, to the media. Yeah, I, I think this is a classic example. Anyone who's played team sports at any level, just you have your guys, and your guys are your guys, and those guys are those guys, and you got your guys, they have their guys. That's how it works. Yeah, I'm not going to say, even if I, you know, even if I believe it's true, if I'm a receiver for whoever, the Ravens, I'm not going to go and say, yeah, I wish I had Tom Brady, my quarterback, because I probably do think that, but he's not my guy. You know, Lamar Jackson's my guy. So Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback I can ask for. Like that, that's how, that's the mindset of a good teammate, I think. And I think right. this is just, this is just Tyreek, you know, emulating that. Now, would I have said something that's pretty blatantly just a lie? Probably not. But I think that's, that's just what he's trying to do. He's just trying to be a good teammate. Honestly, this is a prime example of Rob. You're probably going to remember this. T.O. crying after Dallas has lost the whole, that's my quarterback thing. This is a prime example of that. You stand behind your guy. Your guy, you fall on the sword for your guy, quite frankly. But with that being said, this has been the House Call Podcast. Before we let you go, you don't want to watch the video. You can't have time for the videos. You're in the gym. You're driving. You're doing whatever. Go up to give us a listen on Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. Social media handle, twi uh, Twitter, TikTok. We're there. Like and subscribe. Comment. We're looking at the comments. This has been the House Call Podcast signing off. See ya. School with Devin Singletary. I would just love to see him have a successful year. I wanted them to be in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, so maybe it's just 